Welcome to today's episode of The Square. Storytelling is essential to how we communicate as human beings, and it is core at what we strive and aspire to at The Square. And I am really excited to be sharing the table today with fellow storytellers, Shelly Slater and Lindsay Wilson. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you. So, Shelly, you um, are a storyteller. You've had a, a really interesting history we're going to get into in a minute, but you are the founder of Shelly Slater Strategies mm -hmm. and the co-founder of The Slate. That's right. And you got your Slate branding have. right got there. Got my branding on, yeah. Um, and Lindsay, the president of Corgan and Interior Sector Lead, thank you so much for being here this morning. Of course. I'm excited about this. So, tell me a little bit about how you became a storyteller. How did I become a storyteller through a lot of pain, agony, and failure? <laughs> <laughs> what all good stories all, are made of. What all good stories are made of. Yes, that's the story arc. And then she failed and people want to follow that. Yes. Um, no, it really is through trial and error and trying to figure out what sticks. And I think that being part of the media for 20 years, we did so many focus groups. I mean, you focus group, what did you like? What did you not like? But we're like, yeah. why did you like Shelley? Why did you not like Shelly? Like, I remember one of the focus groups was, does Shelly Slater drive a Prius or a Mercedes? <laughs> and they thought that I drove a Mercedes based off of the way that I dressed and moved on air when really I was driving a Prius because gas prices were like $4.20. Yeah. And I was driving an hour every day. And so you had to step back and go, why do they think that? Well, it's because I wasn't being real enough on air. I wasn't letting myself be like this yeah. right and um so then you start to figure out what sticks and it's vulnerability it's emotion it's the way you ask questions but it's through time that's got to be tough i mean verification is such a crucial part of the creative process and you're just getting picked apart so often yeah but in a way after like the actual brutal difficulty of that at the beginning it actually helps you like settle into the best mm. place ever because you would get a tweet that would say oh mrs slater you were so beautiful and i love your dress where'd you get your dress i want to be just like you and then no joke 10 seconds later you are the ugliest human get <laughs> off air you don't even know what you're doing and so you quit listening to your own you pr and you quit yeah you just stop and you just say what is going to connect with another human being that's real from me you know, instead of trying to be. I think one of the things people do in their storytelling is they jargon it out. Yeah. I see the young people trying to act like 40 year olds. Well, guess what? You're young and you were hired to be young for your young perspective. So yeah. please stay young. You know, yeah, absolutely. everybody mm -hmm. tries to be the same thing when they present yeah. with their PowerPoint. Oh, I we see that <laughs> big time when we're pitching new business. It's like, we are trying to be a certain thing yeah. without thinking that the team that comes in right behind us saying is the trying same, to be the same, same thing. thing. And when we're successful, a hundred times out of a hundred times, we get feedback like, we want to work with you guys. You guys seem like you really like each other. It seems like it'd be a lot of fun to be in the room with you yeah. guys, figuring out a design, solving a problem. And that's because the chemistry of the teammates mm -hmm. came through instead of the, we'll create a place for collaboration. The same and, template everybody yes. else had. Or yeah. th so they don't say to you, wow, that dashboard you gave us was incredible. <laughs> Do they? They Love hate the dashboards. Work. All right, so, <laughs> so Shelly, was there, like, do you, can you think back to a point where you're like, oh man, that telling stories is really what I want to go into. Oh yeah. I, I mean, what's weird is I knew this from the very, very, very beginning. I was curious. And as a kid, um, I would do two things. This is my girl crush. So let's be clear on that from the beginning. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I would 
This is horrible. I've actually never shared this on air. I tap danced from house to house while knocking on <laughs> Not the door metaphorically, asking questions. Literally. No, no, like literally. <laughs> I would tap dance, I would put on a show, and then I would ask him a few questions. I just naturally loved it. Mm. I mean, I went to visit um, the main anchor here at Channel 8, um, who was here for an eternity, um, when I was 13. I wow. already knew that, that I was just naturally really curious, and I loved the concept of being able to ask people questions and they wouldn't question why you were asking the question because it was your job to ask the question. And then also just getting in, getting into people's lives because you the whole saying of, you know, what's happening behind closed doors? Yeah. Boy, I have been in some hoarder homes. I have mm. been in, I've seen it all, but it helps you understand people. Yeah. Yeah. There's curiosity has got to play a huge role in creativity for you. I think curiosity should play a role in everything everyone does all the time, no matter what you do. If you're a lawyer, you need to be curious about mm -hmm. business lines so you can help that person. If you're a designer, you need to be curious about sports because eventually maybe you'll help the Rangers. Like, I mean, you have to always mm -hmm. be curious. And I think people that only study their own business line are like more of this. Yeah. Those are the people who don't like expand their horizons. Mm -hmm. All right, so we'll, we'll come back to storytelling, but tell me something that you love that has nothing to do with storytelling. Dancing. I mean, this is like literally going to be the reoccurring theme. Dancing. I love dancing. Where and does I'm it come from? Obsessed with traveling. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I still like roll up the rug and dance in the house when the kids aren't there. And when they walk in and they see that, they're like, whoa, whoa. Mom's either in like a really good mood or something really bad happened today. Um, yeah. My parents even like gutted a uh, guest bedroom in our house growing up and turned it into a dance room because that's how You're much I danced. Kidding. Yeah. But so, that would give yes. me the whole performance. Someday. <laughs> that's right. Someday there state will fair. be the state fair. The <laughs> Shelly show. Look at these jazz hands. They're good. They're good. It's it the will whole be, package. It will be a tap number to end all tap I mean, numbers. She can tap too. She texted oh. me. I mean, I this is not. I can't wait to get that video. <laughs> so, um, what led you from the, you know, kind of the commercial, the news side of things to doing Shelly Slater strategies and then eventually to the slate? Because yeah. especially the slate is such a, a different route to go. So many people needed help with telling <laughs> stories. Well, I didn't know that, though. You know that? I didn't know that. You don't know what you don't know. Right. You don't know how gifted you are at what you do until you leave and go somewhere mm. that they don't do that. Like, I can't have a I can't cook, and I don't have a vision for my house. Like, I can't put it together. I just can't. I don't, I don't have that gift. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I basically left because I realized that I was going to work when my kid was coming home when he started mm. kindergarten. So he would come home at 3, and I was going to be gone at 2.30, so I could cover the breaking news for Dallas-Fort Worth. And although I loved it, I was like, there's got to be a better way. Yeah. And then also, you know, TV has changed. This 24-hour news cycle, I think, is destroying media. Yeah. And that's like a whole other podcast. But I feel like it's, it's ruining the quality, and I used to be able to tell, like, hey, I've got this great idea, and I want to spend the next month following this. Yeah. Like, and I could tell you some insanely cool things I got to do, and, and that the media is positive, too. But a lot of that just started disappearing because it's like, fill the hole, fill the news hole. So I saw that, and then my kids, and I was like, you know what? I don't know what this is going to look like, but I'm out. Yeah. And I started throwing spaghetti on the wall, and I would love to say I set out to be like, this is what I'm going to do, and this is how it's going to shape itself. No clue. <laughs> it just took off in its own way. I didn't. But you had curiosity even in that process. And I didn't even know. This is how non-corporate a newsroom is, and it's actually been, I think, the key to my success is that 
I didn't like go study how to teach people to do presentations. One day somebody said, hey, here's what I'm going to say tomorrow in my presentation. What do you think? And I was like, oh, oh no. you're like not actually going to do that, are you? And they're like, oh, my gosh, everybody's always told me that's so great. I was like, well, it's it's not. Yeah. And then I also found that newsrooms are kind of brutal and I needed to like soften the way I spoke. Because in a newsroom, yeah. you just say, they, literally the saying is your baby's ugly. Yeah. Shelly, your baby's ugly today. That's terrible. Move on. Like, it's just kind of like that in a newsroom. Yeah. Um, so basically, the clients shaped it. And they kind of taught me what, what they needed. And I listened. And I never went and studied a book. I didn't go study what other people are doing online. I don't talk about a sales funnel. You know, it's just a little different. I think what was fascinating that, that Shelly brought to our team was understanding we think everything we have to say about design and interiors and the workplace of the future is fascinating. <laughs> but when you get an outside perspective saying like, no, no. And what's the She action? brought some of the newsroom to you. <laughs> <laughs> what's the act? Well, it was hilarious when she started saying, you guys probably say something like this. And she's not an interior designer. And she just threw out a whole bunch of jargon. And we were all like, yeah, Ouch. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but how do you drive it down to what the mm -hmm. essence of what you're trying to get across is. And I think all the extra words and all the extra slides are just a security blanket that you really don't need. Yeah. And I think that's mm -hmm. what you bring to a lot of people, especially as you've gotten into kind of the, the sales training and the mm -hmm. pitch communication, and then that you just need to keep it fresh. We, we, we probably need a refresh from Shelly because yeah. it's been a while. So, so tell me how you guys met. It was through um, Kimry Ankenbram, and it, she worked at another real estate group, and so she's worked with Lindsay. Y'all have done some of their design, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And she said, you have got to, she's like, not to sell, not to anything, not, not for business, yeah. but you've got to meet Lindsay. <laughs> yeah. And so I think I just flat out emailed you, right? Well, I think about the exact same time, Jeff Lamb had said the same yes. thing. Jeff Lamb, our client at Very, had said mm -hmm. the same thing to me, maybe within the course of like two weeks. And so wow. then I think it was at a Make-A-Wish wish night where oh. it all actually Yes, because I am saying that Make-A-Wish thing. Yes, yes, I love that group. <laughs> yes, and I had also just been to Vary because they brought us there because we were creating the slate and they're trying to show us how they can do all yes. of their cool stuff. So, so we, yeah. kept cro we kept crossing paths and then it was a mutual admiration society. Mm -hmm. as you can <laughs> well, so tell me so. a little bit about the slate because that is something where you've yeah. really taken storytelling and given it physical design. Well, and I was Ooh, on, the, great I was on the fast fact. Shelly also has a podcast. Yeah. I yeah. was on Shelly and her sister Jody's podcast, mm -hmm. which is at the slate, which mm -hmm. is one of the zillions of things that they enable people to do there. Yeah. So, I mean, basically what happened was and I, I mean, literally one of my clients just turned to me and said, you need to grow up. You need to, you need to do better. Why are we renting the Crescent again? Yeah. Why are you taking us to this studio? And it's another real estate guy, all these real estate people. You're surrounded. And, no, but you know what he told me to do? I mean, he said, so Shelly, here's what you should do. I won't even tell you who this is because it'll make a lot more sense if I do. But um, you need to go knock on the, the antique mall at Forest and the Toll Road that's the building you should buy and i said you think so and he's like yeah that's what you do that's the location that's what's going to make this concept take off and i was like all right cool i went and knocked and they're like that'll be 115 million dollars <laughs> I, I went back to this client who told you know like has the whole buy the block kind of thing yeah. and i said well would you like to pitch in 
one million and fifteen you know it's like 115 million dollars will you pitch in yeah. i was like no so my sister and i started looking for a space because i was just using what we now have is the yeah. slate and i was running around i found myself losing all this time and drive time I was like what if people could come to me and what if i could make money off the concept of having the studio etc so i office shelly slater strategies at the slate and then that is where we do you know everything from podcasting we have a zoom room which is kind of like this yeah so that you can have a prep professional presentation yeah. but you don't have the whole corgan room you're not sitting in the you know you're room at your house in the with, kitchen with your internet like kind of going in and out yep. your kids are yelling and you've shoved them in a closet and bribed them with like an ipad <laughs> right. um and then we have the full production studio and it's been really fascinating to see who comes in um forced to come in basically yeah. because of i don't even want to say the word covid because we're trying to steer clear of that conversation. But um, we've seen lawyers, we've seen judges, nonprofits, real estate people. I have every private equity firm that I work with coming in and taking their presentations hybrid. That's the key word, hybrid. Yeah, that and is such a cool, I mean, I've, throughout different career choices, I've worked at a lot of different co-working spaces, but none of them have had, even, even since the the word that shall not be said hmm. when i've gone to do some outside stuff they've never had a mindset towards that kind of a facility and yeah. certainly never had anything with a studio in it which mm -hmm. that's really one of the things i wanted to talk to you about today is what so you've seen it all over the past two years fully yeah. virtual hybrid people figuring yeah. it out as they go what should we take away? What's going to stay? And what's mm -hmm. really, a, what was effective that we can use going forward? Mm -hmm. And what should we leave what in the rear ditch? view mirror? Yeah. So, okay, I mean, there's so many things. So I'm going to just stop me when it's interesting and plug for more. So hybrid's never going away. Ever. It's never going away. Ever. <laughs> it's not. And it should. Write that down. Yeah. If you are dumping hybrid, you are short-sighted in your thinking. You, uh, there are a lot of people who are like, oh, thank goodness. COVID's over and we cannot do that. And I'm like, why would you not do that? Yeah. Like we had a, a school come in and they were just like, I mean, we were pulling to help them. And they're like, if we don't raise this, we can't, our school can't have any scholarship kids. We have to raise $250,000 this hour. So we're gonna do it. And guess what? They raised $450,000 in that hour. Why? Because somebody in Washington DC could contribute $25. Yeah. It gets forwarded around. They couldn't believe it. But already this year, they were kind of like, well, we're so, it's going to be so much easier to go back in person. And I said, Why? Yeah. reminder, you doubled your value. Why are you dumping the hybrid? Yeah. Uh, let's stop for a second. Yeah. Give, give kind of as if, and this is, happens a lot on this show, as if I'm a fifth grader. Yeah, no. Give me an explanation of hybrid, just so people understand exactly what you're talking about. So I think there are two kinds of hybrids. There are hybrids, well, there's, there's a lot of different versions, but people, some people are doing hybrids where, like I'm going to the Bush Institute to help a private equity firm, and I mm -hmm. will just be the person taking them live. So there's a live audience, and then there's the at-home audience. Right. So I'm doing just the at-home audience, and then I help coach them on how to say it and how to interact so it doesn't feel so disconnected between yeah. the live audience mm -hmm. where it's like, you're an afterthought at home. That's bad hybrid. Yes. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people, it's just, it's harder work to connect them. But if you connect them, it's actually more powerful and it's really cool. And like for these private equity firms, more of their LPs can tune in. Yeah. More, you're getting a bigger audience who's more engaged because also hybrid shorter. 
People's attention span is only to a certain, but let me be honest, when was the last time you went to a luncheon in Dallas and it was a four hour ordeal and you thought to yourself, I can't do that again, even though I love this organization, <laughs> right? Yeah. But if you knew you were gonna be in and out in an hour, maybe you would tune in and maybe you would give. And I think it forces some brevity, which mm. I super believe in brevity, telling one really good story that moves somebody, not every story that you have, yes. but like going so totally. shallow. And then the other kind of um, hybrid would be where like they come into the studio and you have a live studio audience there mm -hmm. while you're actually going live. And then some people are still doing the full pre-record situation and they're even taking that live in front of an audience. So, I mean, there's just so many mm -hmm. versions of it that everybody's just trying. But the key is like, even when I do trainings, I'm still pushing people like, gosh, I don't really want to fly to Seattle. Yeah. So I'll be like, hey, let's do this through Zoom or whatever. And they're like, oh, is that going to be effective? I'm like, yes, because this is how I approach it. I need the six names of these people. I'm going to do my homework ahead of time. I need to see their PowerPoint presentation. I'm going to build this so that I'm engaging each one of them. Yeah. Most people just like show up and talk and expect them to like digest it. Well, that doesn't work. Even in TV, it's like, remember how I trained y'all about asking questions? Mm -hmm. Well, in hybrid land, there's nothing more important. It's also gonna be the number one thing that freaks people out because, hi, da 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 da, and I'm asking a question, but you can't answer. Yeah. But that's how TV is. And it's the number one thing in those focus groups that people remember are the questions they were asked. Are you sitting on your couch right now yeah. wishing you had done that run this morning? Right. You know, that's a question. Yeah. You don't, you're not actually asking. Asking it. for an answer. Yeah. Well, and yeah. but with with Zoom and I, there's so many I think negative connotations that come out of it. You know, people's right down to like, do I use a blurred background or not, or do I use uh, a fake uh. background and all this other stuff. But to your point, I think there's some really key things that are pros to having this hybrid workflow. So, what are some of those specific things? Well, I, I would just add in as a presenter. It's so much easier. What I missed in the fully virtual world was mm -hmm. the energy from other people. Being in the room. And I felt like in some ways my superpower had been taken away yeah. mm -hmm. when we went from pitching business in a room mm -hmm. with the potential client to everybody being virtual. And I was like, you know, trying to communicate and connect with them. Having some people in the room is huge, but mm -hmm. I definitely think there's a lot of improvements we can make in planning to connect the people that are hyped. That 100 That really hits home. And it starts with figuring out the personas. Your job is to not just make something beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. It's to make, to solve a problem. Right. Okay. Well then do the homework and find out who are the two personas. Who are they trying to retain? Who is this real estate client trying to retain? And then who are they trying to attract? I mean, I'm, I'm just like spitballing this. Yeah without knowing everything that y'all do in your presentations currently. But you have to look at those two things and then you need to literally humanize because there's not one story on the news that's not humanized. So let's make up Amy. Amy is the tech person you're trying to attract, but it is so hard because Dallas has a big fight over tech people because I've heard this. And then so-and-so <laughs> is, you know, the, the 60 year old staple that you also have to keep happy. And this person doesn't understand this person because yeah. we have millennial, we have gaps. Yeah. So how do we build a design? See how I'm even asking questions here? I can't even help myself. So how do we build something that connects these two yes. and makes them want to come into your place? Instead of saying, you're trying to recruit young talent yeah. and keep the Quit talent you have. Quit telling me what I'm trying to do. Yeah. You right. don't even know me that well, <laughs> right? <laughs> yep. You know, if somebody came in and said, Shelly, you're just trying to storytell and you're this and that. And I'm like, what, what? Like, oh, it just gives me the yeah. heebie-bejeebies. 
you know, but presenting it with questions makes it them feel in control. And guess what people don't argue with? Their own conclusions. <laughs> right? Yeah, People absolutely. love themselves in their own conclusions. So let them con- come up come with a conclusion. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think prep, you've said it a couple of times, prep is so key. And I think people, there's a, there's a, one of the biggest faults, I think, with hybrid right now is people think, well, all it is is instead of me going somewhere with a PowerPoint presentation, I just turn on Zoom and present. Yep, guilty. And there's zero prep mm-hmm. given to the fact that it is a hybrid presentation. Right. Also, like your hybrid presentation does not have to be in your bedroom with a Zoom. Also, I hate, I hate, I hate Zoom. Like go on StreamYard. StreamYard allows you to, it's $20 a month. It streams better. It streams live to LinkedIn. It's live to YouTube. You can do a private YouTube link. It allows you to rebrand everything. And the other thing it does is it queues up all your videos. So what that means is if you're trying to show them the work, you know, that maybe you guys shot on a GoPro of, hey, here's what went into us researching and coming up with this conclusion about your two personas, because we really are walking through Amy and Jane here. Right. And we're going to follow around an Amy for a day and follow around a Jane to figure out what their days are like. And I'm just really making all of this up. But if you but if you do that, if you queue up those videos on Zoom, you have to go, okay, so I'd like to share my screen. And, oh, oh, hold on, hold on, any second. Now, oh, Zoom is just, oh, can you believe this COVID world? <laughs> and you're like, hold I right. feel like you're reciting some of the I, meetings I've literally I, been. In. No, yeah, no, I, I've sat through them and, and I'm like, ah. it's like, can you guys hear? Can you hear the sound? Yeah. No, oh, okay. Then I'll just talk over can it. Can you hear stuff. me? Can you? Can, can. Oh. Uh, so Streamyard allows you to just press play, and they're all queued up. So it's like boom. It's like, and that's what's happening tonight, and it like rolls. Yeah. And so there, there are other ways out there, other avenues. And then don't do it in a boring place. Like if, if you're creating something cool for the West End, let's cool choose a cool spot and do our presentation and set it up like a newscast because clearly we got the cool goods here. Outside and make it different. It does not yeah. have to be sitting in your room, like even thinking outside the box there. So yeah. what do you think some of the, particularly with storytelling, we've talked a about hybrid, what's the future? Like what's... What's going to happen? Well, it sounds like the the technology is going to catch up where we have more tools. Okay, so I know this is a little bit weird. You've seen uh, the Mockingbird series. No. With, with, um, you know, Katniss Everdeen. Oh, I mean, mean, Hunger Games. Yes, I know. Hunger Hunger Games. Oh, yeah, yeah, Hunger Games. Totally. Oh, that's where we're headed. You know, in Hunger Games. I'm going to get under the table. Well, I think I always, I don't know why I keep coming back to this, but there's the the chick that does the newscast and she's kind of doing the propaganda piece for the rebels right and they have just basically two drones that are lights and a drone that's a camera and they're following him following her around and they're creating these propaganda it's pieces. fascinating what you got out of the Hunger i know games. <laughs> the books the books were better than the movie so i was yeah, looking yeah. at the visuals a two but drone it, regardless I, I mean it's it's funny that things that are kind of set in an other world or far into the future you think blade runner you think other things they're not that far off mm-hmm. and what's going to become even more important. I remember when YouTube was blowing up and I just got out of college, you were like, Oh, there's going to be this huge glut of people just putting, you know, crap out on the internet and whatnot, which is what happened. But it made storytelling something that was when it's genuine and authentic, it was really, it stood out. And I think that that is where, um, I'm, I'm curious. I think the technology won't matter as much when you have Agreed. a genuine story. Bingo doesn't matter 400 years from now what they come up with if you still can't 
tell me your point mm. and sell it authentically, then it does not matter that you have the coolest technology ever. Yeah. Also, P.S. on this YouTube thing, because I, I despise YouTube, kind of like I despise Zoom. I kind of despise <laughs> a lot of platforms for media, I guess. But it's because my kids want to watch it and it drives me bonkers. Yeah. But the reason a lot of these YouTubers are doing well is they're letting you into their life. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the best things to do when you're thinking of a hybrid is people want to go behind the scenes with you. You tend to want to show up with your polish yeah. and your jazz hands and our routine is ready and we have on a red lipstick. They want to see you screwing up, figuring it out. You know, we were thinking of this and then we did this. Here are 12 days of research to see who was walking around this building to see what kind of person would come in or whatever it is. They want to see the work that went into it, the grittiness, not just the polish. Whereas we show up with a perfect PowerPoint presentation. Yeah. Well, and they, they want to see, they want to know that you've done your prep to what you said earlier, but it's okay to make those mistakes if you've done your prep because they see it's a genuine, yeah. the authentic experience. The most powerful experience. presentation would be walking in and being like this. So guess what? We made a huge mistake, an opening like that. Yeah. You want to know what it was? Is that we followed the wrong person on the wrong, I don't know. I'm, I don't know what the mistake is. Whatever the mistake is and be like, but guess what that did? That massive mistake that took us off course for two months took us directly to what we believe is your answer. So how do you get Sally to come in? How do you connect people? Yeah. How do you get people to be motivated? How do you retain them? How do asking a series of questions? Yeah. I mean, really, it's not that hard once you like just force yeah. yourself to do it. I think what is hard and what has been hard, so after you know a difficult year, there weren't as many projects, there weren't as many opportunities, and things are coming back now, it's getting more comfortable with taking a risk again because, I mean, I can hear myself saying it, like, okay, we really wanna win this assignment, we really mm -hmm. wanna connect with this client, so let's do what's worked before instead of, I mean, yes. I have a million ideas while you're talking going, no, we should just, we should go for it because we know what they really need and why we're the right team. Yes, because you want to go back. It's like a pep talk. Yes. <laughs> it's, you naturally want to go back to what you did Safe. before because everybody wants to pretend COVID never happened. Right. But it, but it did. Yeah. And it changed things. And if, if we move forward as if it never happened and go back to everything that we just did before, well, then you're, you're not kind of current yeah. and you're not up to date. So yeah, are these the mistakes you see all the time that we've hit on, have we missed any? You know, the lack of prep, especially if it's gonna be hybrid, mm -hmm. the not taking the risk and really understanding who you're speaking to. Mm -hmm. What else, what else do people just, you see them do it wrong all the time? Oh my gosh. Um, I think that they circle the same point about 20 times because they're nervous. <laughs> mm. And so somebody just has to come in, an outsider, to affirm them that this is what you should say. I loved that. Dump this part. Ooh, that was a golden nugget. Why'd you dump that part? Put it back in. Yeah. And yeah. I think if people just feel affirmed that somebody's like, this is good. Because also in hybrid, it's hard. Like I'm used to talking to this camera and assuming the person on the other side thinks I'm just dazzling. Yeah. Right? You have to almost brainwash yourself like that. But somebody who hasn't, and they're looking at the camera, they're not getting that feedback. It's hard, you need to be more affirmed than ever yeah. that what you're saying is interesting. We've literally had to sometimes take the teleprompter and do like in teams that group view and put the group view on the teleprompter so they can feel that connection with somebody. Mm -hmm. And it's incredible the difference it will make. Yeah. Now we've talked a little bit about some of the mistakes. What are some of the key things that you would tell people they need to remember when doing storytelling? We talked a lot about curiosity, what mm -hmm. else? 
Uh, you know, I'm going to tell you a story about this one group that I researched that I we thought love was stories. fascinating. <laughs> um, and this is not mine. It's going to be 80% accurate, but I liked the idea of this. I think how can you take the whole hybrid thing? Because you're now you're in video land and mm. you could cue a video and then be live. And I mean, you're creating a newscast. That's all this is now, which is so interesting to me. It is. I mean, when I look at the slate, the slate is a newsroom. Lots of desks, private offices for the managers on the outside, the studio, the podcast room. I mean, it's, it's basically a newsroom. But this one group was trying to convince the, this government, and I can't remember which state it was, that, this is, that their insurance system is a mess in the way that people have to file with the government for Medicaid and Medicare and all these, I mean, just like a disaster. So instead of walking them through a PowerPoint of how hard it is and, and telling them stories of people who are really ticked off and showing the emails, they actually took them through the process. So... <sighs> What could you even set up and be like, okay, mm -hmm. instead of presenting to you how bad this, you know, system is, they're like, let's do it. We're going to do it with you. Just keep us, keep us in your back pocket all day long because it's going to take all day long. And by the end of the day, you know, they just check back in and be like, oh gosh, he's still filling out form 492. And they literally just created like a maze. And the people followed them through the maze and it was so impactful because they just kept it on their computer and it was throughout the day. Or they could just check in almost like a live feed yeah. of a monkey at the zoo. <laughs> you know, like it was a live feed, but how effective. Now they're changing it. Yeah. Instead of being like, and then it takes people 22 minutes and 35 seconds. Like what could Showed you also, them. yeah, what could you also show them? And I think in design, there's a really big case for that mm -hmm. you know instead of just saying and here's the furry this and this tile is going to be beautiful and here's our vision and then there's the finished photo yeah <laughs> and here's the finished photo or yeah. it's even bringing what in happened? the sallies and the janes and having them react live to what they think i don't know i mean it's just mm -hmm. you can do so much yeah. more cool stuff i feel like you have to again go back to your prep you have to do your prep in order to be able to think outside the box right yeah um all right so as Lindsay mentioned um, you and your sister have your own podcast, so we thought it'd be really fun. Lindsay gets all the credit mm. for this idea. Oh, no. For you to ask us a couple of questions. Okay. I can guarantee you that's a first on the square. <laughs> okay. What is the thing that most surprised you about Lindsay in this last year? Oh. See, the funny thing is, Lindsay, when I first came to work, literally the, one of the first things Lindsay ever told me was, um, bring me something to say no to. That's like burned into my mind. And... Everybody that is around me in the media lab has, especially John, our boss, has that same mentality. And mm -hmm. so I've come to kind of expect the unexpected. Mm -hmm. um, the reason the square, I've said this before, even exists now because we were supposed to start filming the day we went into lockdown mm -hmm. is because I called Lindsay. First of all, I had her number, which like Lindsay's the president of a huge global company and I have her phone number and, I'm, and have permission to call <laughs> and I'm not unique. You know, I think anybody, they have a very open door policy. So I call Lindsay and I said, hey, you know, this is where we are. It is not going to be at all what we expected because we had expected one thing and should we keep going for it? And she's like, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And now we're 53 episodes in and it's been awesome. That's awesome. And so how has the word risk changed to you over the last year? Oh, wow. I could do this all day. Can we switch full <laughs> gears? This is fun. Such good questions. It's changed because before I thought about risk just in terms of how aggressive do we want to be going into a new sit, growing the firm. Risk to me was all associated with how do we want to grow. And now I feel like there's so much more risk in just maintaining mm -hmm. what we 
have mm-hmm. like cult talking about our culture we it was it see I say was <laughs> you know and a lot of our clients feel the same way what have we lost and how do we get it mm-hmm. back and we may not get it back in the same way we got there in the first place so yeah that's what I would say See, and that even just see that curiosity gives me an idea right there. You could have a whole just GoPro series called Getting Our Mojo Back. And if you share little segments of that with your clients who are also completely struggling, because every CEO I talk to, even at the big bad Toyota, (laughs) they are super struggling with how do we get people to feel like it's comfortable to come back. And so if they saw that in you too, guess what people love? relating they want to feel like they're just like you and so while that feels weak to you it actually is the very thing that would win you business well it's authenticity right it's authenticity look we're doing the same thing you're doing let's do it alongside each other i'm going to take the best of and give it to you watch us try to get our mojo back like dude do it like yesterday i'm curious so how do you how are you able to say no to things because, you know, oh. you have a lot of creativity, you have a lot of ideas. Oh, no to my ideas? How do I say yeah, no to myself? Yeah, how do you myself? say no to, your, to yourself, to your ideas? How do you filter? Mm. You know, because I, um, that's interesting. I don't feel like I have to say no to my ideas. I don't feel like I have that many good ones. I feel like. Really? I, I feel like I tend to land on one thing and be very decisively strong about it. And it just happens. And I think it's, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know how. Like that, like I don't know how it happens, it just yeah. does, but I think it's from 20 years of thinking fast on your feet in a newsroom yeah. where they would say, okay, we're gonna do 15 promos in under four minutes because we're live <laughs> in six minutes. And they'd say, Sally's doing her story tonight about um, this issue in East Dallas and three to tonight at 10, how East Dallas is transformed. I mean, like, which That's by so the way amazing. is my party trick. I'm really good at that. I love doing, I love like, dropping teases all over lo- party. You'll never lose. It's I can't so lose the anchor voice. I can't you do it. You can't yeah. lose it. But it's also easy to, um, it's hard for me to come up with ideas for myself because I'm too close to it. Yeah. That's just the truth. Yeah. You could probably come up with better ideas for me than I could. No no joke. Which is why that outside perspective uh, totally. is so, so valuable. Important. Because it's yeah. easy for me to spit something at you because it's not mine. Right. You know, and, right. and there's just, sometimes you just have to have I, that, I, I feel like. I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. So what is next for the slate yeah. and Shelly so Slater's the, strategies? Oh, Lord. Okay, well, let's do the easier one. Um, I feel <laughs> like what's next for the slate is that we are, um, we're excited because a, a local university is gonna start paying for entrepreneurs to be at the slate because That's when you're awesome. in that early beginning stage where you That's are, cool two, three employees and you want to be 10 employees, mm-hmm. you're like, do I spend money? To, yeah. But I, I don't want all my people just separate. How do we grow? Yeah. And so they, they stall and then they don't, they yep. don't move on. Yeah. And so we're really excited. I can't really say who it is yet, but it's going to be a really cool partnership that we're going to pilot for the next two years. So I'm really excited about That's that. That's really cool. And then um, we're doing what I'm calling, just make, I made up the name, micro programs, because I'm trying to really encourage people that if you have all this content, make Lindsay the anchor, Mm -hmm. come in the studio for two hours, have her anchor or do an interview or something to tie all this content that you already have together for your nonprofit. Like think about every luncheon you go to, they have a video or two. Mm -hmm. There should be a 10 minute version of this still living online just for an online audience who's going to give the $20 because they're all trying to figure out how to get donors that are younger anyway. So I don't want people to dump those ideas. It's so easy to do a micro program, you know? And so just encouraging people not to get rid of the video piece 
because video is everything. I have said video is king way before COVID yeah. happened. COVID forced it upon people. And they, they, yeah, they get to these pieces and they think that's the end and they don't realize they're just continue to be ingredients to yeah. make bigger and better things. Yes, well, I mean, totally. the position you guys were in when the pandemic hits, already having the slate and having all those <clears throat> tools, we fortunately had been using and embraced video long before the pandemic. So mm -hmm. we had the tools and the mm -hmm. talent and the yeah. media lab to do that. Start. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think it's funny when people say the pandemic caused all this, but I think the people who've done it the best were already right. embracing it. We just had to kind of amplify it. Recalibrate. Totally. Word I've been using because oh, wow. everyone's like, "Wow, Shelley, y'all really pivoted during COVID." I was like, like "There was no pivot. <laughs> this was here. You just didn't realize it was here." Because yeah. I spent like before COVID, the co-working side was full. Yeah. And I was explaining to people why they should be in the studio, and I was the one using the studio all the time, and no one else was. And I was like, "Wow, maybe I'm really off here. The studio thing is really. Am I the only person who sees the value? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because that's how I scale. I get people in all day. Boom, brrr, knock it all out. Right." Um, and now it's kind of flopped. The studio's bonkers, the podcast room, the Zoom room, and we're hoping that the co-working side kind of comes, comes back to life. I think it was Sam Flores who does our curiosity report and is the director of Hugo that said, it's, it's, there's the change, there wasn't so much change after COVID hit. It was just a catalyst for things that were already gonna happen. It just sped them all up. I love that. And mm -hmm. I think that's true, especially in media and in, and in storytelling. Mm -hmm. yeah. We okay. need some, we need a few more questions. Okay. What is the um, biggest blooper that you haven't shared that has happened on this show? No, that I can share? That you must share. Uh, the biggest blooper hasn't gotten us in trouble yet, but we save all the outtakes of all yes, the guests. Yes. And at some point, we're going to cut them all together. And it's, mm -hmm. it's going to be fun in a roasting way, uh -huh. but not in a mean way. There's a fine line. No, it's it's good times. Um, every Christmas, you know, I was like, wow, I really cover the news. Great, Mom. And she's like, yeah, no, um, can we see the bloopers? <laughs> and so every Christmas I would just come home with my really amazing blooper I reel. think I think there's... Which they are helpful because I think there are people who are intimidated if Brandon may ask somebody to come on the square and do something. They only see the finished product. Yeah. Right. So even just internally to show like... Oh, no, no. It takes Not Brandon just four times. Though. Like if, again, with your presentation, if you guys were trying to get something together, the outtakes is what is going to actually show camaraderie with the yeah. team. Oh, and gosh. that should be shared with the client. I'm just telling you, to a certain degree. I'll, I'll tell you. We've by, we have never done that. We have never do shown. Do it. Do it. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> I think by See, I cross my arms immediately and like, get very <laughs> like, nervous. My body like, language is going to completely um, change. I for the right group. But. Right. By far the biggest blooper is happens it's not one blooper it happens all the time it takes me a minimum of five to six times to get the intro right you, only, you, you got it right in two i know but that was because i, I practiced five times you. before you guys uh -huh. got here uh, yeah <laughs> it's hard to be a one take wonder yeah. okay um lindsay i would like to know what is the what is the one word that you would like people to live by coming back what is one word that you want your team when they're struggling, when they're frustrated, when this is hard, and we, why aren't we doing it the old way? What is the one word you want them to like write on their top of their computer with a post-it note? One word. The first word that popped in my mind was experiment. That is Ooh, a great that. word. That you should. Awesome. That, yeah. for, you can erase my whole section. <laughs> that is amazing. Why do you want them to experiment? Because I think we can all try anything. Like if it's not working, if you're uncomfortable, if the meeting didn't go great, if mm. the hybrid thing freaks you out, just try it. Mm -hmm. Just experiment and try something different. That and would be my... I love that. 
Is there anything that your young son has brought perspective to you over the over this period of time when it just comes to just like not business and winning everything, but just life and balance and all For that For sure. Jazz? I think how resilient the kids have been and how they just kind of go with the flow like can come home from work one day and we've been agonizing over our policies or how is this going to impact people Mm -hmm. and then you know you say hey buddy how was your day it was great Mm -hmm. and no mask talk Mm -hmm. no oh we had to do this we had to do that Mm -hmm. I I had to eat out like all the things that weren't the same weren't even yeah. Instead, he talked about, oh, I almost threw up in PE. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was the fastest today and all that, ja- all that boy talk. Yeah, a, I, little, a little known fact about Jack, he's one of the reasons we have our audio podcast going. I because believe- he did an audio <laughs> podcast and Lindsay sends me an email and goes, hey, here's Jack's ep- that podcast. He has five episodes up. When are we getting the audio version of the square up? Yeah. And I was like, ugh. Because no, Jack's an awesome kid. Yeah. Well, I think um, there's a lot to be said for what the kids can teach. Oh, 100%. One of the things that I do for, and I literally pay it out of Shelly Slater Strategies, I have like three neighborhood teenagers, and they come report to me once a month for five minutes, and I pay them $15 for their five minutes of knowledge. It's a pretty good return, yeah. right? And I say, what's coming, and what are you obsessed with? And so I knew about TikTok way before TikTok. I, oh, I knew about so the good. mashup that's way awesome. before the mashup. Yeah. I do this for parental reasons, but also for Shelly Slater strategies so that I am coming to clients with what's cutting edge because the truth is you want people to experiment because Jack's age is coming up. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's resilient. They've tried it all, and you're going to have to not be the same as you were yesterday eventually. Yeah. You know? Do your, any of your boys get to report? You know, because they're not allowed to touch a device. They're not allowed to talk. They stay in their rooms and they read books called I Love My... You know, there is a song that, we, there is a song that I found. I'm not kidding. It, it literally is. I love my mom. I love my mom. I love my... You just you blast should, it. I hope you guys, when you edit I will this, go find pull it, it up. Yeah, yes. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Shelly, thank you yes, so much for being you. here. Lindsay, thank you for being here. Thank you for watching. To find out more about Shelly and all the many things that she is doing, make sure to check out the descriptions below and make sure you check out next week's episode of The Square.